Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. It's been touted as a game changer in the race to net zero. Carbon capture, utilization, and storage, or CCUS, is the process of capturing carbon dioxide emissions and and either using them to make things such as building materials or permanently storing them thousands of feet below the ground. It's therefore seen as a way of reducing carbon emissions from industrial processes. Now, the sector is relatively young in comparison to renewable energies such as solar, but at the recent Asia Clean Energy Summit, Organized by the Sustainable Energy Association of Singapore, industry players noted that CCUS is becoming increasingly important as countries try to reduce their carbon footprint and meet their climate change targets. In Asia, CCUS has huge potential due to the region's abundance of cheap coal and expanding industrial sector. Some governments in Asia, such as China, Japan and South Korea, have set ambitious targets for CCUS implementation. But is it enough? Well, Prabhat Agarwal, who is a senior advisor at Gaffney Clients, says clients have had enough talk and want to know how to put CCUS into action. We work with the governments on carbon policy, uh, regulations, strategize how to enter this new business uh, sector, work with oil and gas companies on resource estimation, carbon resource assessment, uh, policies, and again, uh, various aspects of doing this business, work with uh, banks for uh, uh, various uh, financing uh, due diligence and assessments, work with the law firms for expert witness or things like that. So yeah, we have expertise. Primarily, we draw our expertise from storage assessment. We have... uh, very strong focus on understanding the storage, carbon storage and uh, reservoir. So from there, we work through upwards to the policies and regulations with the bank, uh, with the uh, yeah governments, NSCs, whatnot, work through the uh, whole carbon uh, value chain, uh, capture, aggregation of emissions from different capture plants to the uh, transport and the storage. So right now, the biggest theme that we are seeing is more and more clients are interested in the how-to aspect of the... So we've gone out of the day whether we need to do it. Now, focus has shift to how to do it. So how to structure these different businesses, how to really come up with the optimal funding solution, optimal subsidy structures. So these are the key challenges as we are seeing working with our clients right now. What about hard-to-abate sectors? What are they doing? Well, Fadil Zaid Fadil Ahmad, who is the Acting Manager Strategic Partnerships at Emirates Steel Arkan, says that carbon capture is essential and one of the solutions when it comes to decarbonization. Now, when we talk about CCS, we are actually the first company in the world right now to have a carbon capture system within our company and our, within our premises in the steel industry. We actually have a um, capacity of 800,000 tons of CO2 uh, capturing, which we use this carbon to seek to give to a joint company which we work with called Adnoc, which is an oil and gas company for enhanced oil recovery. Right now, we are the only in the Middle East, and uh, unfortunately, Kennedy, it's not an air ca- direct air capture; it's actually through combustion. But um, we thought that 
carbon capture was essential even before everything had been announced. So it was actually part of our plan We were when we were constructing our plan. Our construction started in 2013, and our carbon capture was up in 2015. So it was at the same time during planning of the project. It wasn't just because of all these tax ab- uh, abating and et cetera, et cetera, our certificates. So we did it because we wanted to do it, not because we were forced to do it. Now, do I think CCS is the solution to go forward? Yes, it is one of the solutions and not the full solution. Singe Mahindra, Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer of Dalmia Cement, says capture is critical for carbon neutrality of the sector. Dalmia Cement of India, uh, it's the fourth largest cement company having 44 million ton capacity with a business philosophy of clean and green is profitable and sustainable. With this philosophy, the company is having one of the highest profitability in India in the cement sector. And at the same time, it has the lowest carbon footprints in global cement world. Uh, company has been able to provide leadership to its own people as well as global cement sector by committing for becoming net zero cement, uh, net zero carbon cement and carbon negative by 2040. And this commitment was given in 2018 when very few companies or countries were thinking about net zero. And good part is that whatever commitment we had made in 2018, we have been able to surpass those commitments and our carbon footprints even as of March 23 are also the lowest in global cement world and these all numbers are verified and reported one. In the whole roadmap for carbon negative, one of the major factor was to capture carbon dioxide and utilize it. Basically, the process of cement sector is that until unless you are able to capture carbon dioxide, which comes out of its process, you can't 100% decarbonize it. And each and every country in the world is having one way or other cement company. Each and every country is having uh, thermal power uh, sectors also. So now to decarbonize and to make the whole world net zero, I think the need is to have CO2 capture, like what his company did in the very beginning, and then what to do about carbon capture, uh, after capturing carbon. Do we have to store it? Do we have to use it? So our company's philosophy is how we can make carbon dioxide usable. Presently, whole world hates doesn't like carbon dioxide. But as per us, after five years, after seven years, everybody would love carbon dioxide. Reason being is that this carbon dioxide ultimately can be converted into fuel, synthetic fuel. It can be converted in many, many types of material which can promote circular economy, which can promote resource efficiency. And whatever cannot be used because of any right or wrong reason, then that has to be sequestered, that has to be put inside 
for a geological uh, uh, purpose. But then point is that whether every country will have those possibilities of storing carbon dioxide which is captured. But CCUS isn't without its controversies. According to an article recently published in the Financial Times, a company backed by BlackRock has abandoned plans to build a 1,300-mile pipeline across the U.S. Midwest to collect and store carbon emissions from the corn ethanol industry following opposition from landowners and some environmental campaigners. So if policy and pipelines pose a challenge, could direct air capture be the solution? Well, Paul Kennedy is the VP of International Business Development at Carbon Engineering, and he says that direct air capture minimizes cost and regulatory hurdles when it comes to CCUS. So I think there's a huge focus. If you look at the U.S. Department of Energy DAC Hubs program, there's a huge focus on environmental justice and, and community engagement. And our partners have been incredibly connected to that process, and it's been a really important part of of, of building the projects that, that our team is building right now. Um, you know, you mentioned the pipeline challenge. You know, one of the advantages of direct air capture is typically it's least expensive to put the plants right where the sequestration is. So you avoid that whole pipeline challenge, um, both from a cost perspective and from a regulatory perspective. You know, doing long linear infrastructure anywhere in the world is very hard, and so for us, we tend to put our plants and they're designed to be basically right on top of the storage to, to minimize the cost and the regulatory hurdles. What are the opportunities for DAC here in Asia, and what's the current state of play? So I think the opportunity is massive. I think the, the challenge that we all see is that it, it really is a regional play. So there are places, you know, we've heard about different carbon pricing regimes and, and the different economic circumstances in the, in the countries around ASEAN, but we have countries that, are, that have higher emissions, higher capital flows, and far fewer decarbonization options, right, from the perspective of land scarcity, from the perspective of renewable energy scarcity. So being able to connect those markets effectively and efficiently through policy um, and through relationships, and it's something that ASEAN has done for, for decades, right? There's such a tremendous um, vision of collaboration here. So I think it's taking that forward and introducing the carbon removal piece to it and the CCUS piece to it more broadly, um, and, and we see that already, right? You can see the projects between Japan and Malaysia. You can see all, all, all sorts of things in, in play right now. Overall, though, according to a McKinsey report, global CCUS uptake needs to expand 120 times from current levels by 2050, rising to at least 4.2 gigatons per annum of CO2 captured for countries to achieve their net zero commitments. What do you think? What role does CCUS play on the road to net zero? Drop us a text and let us know. 88550893. Before I let you go, a special thank you to Asia Clean Energy Summit organized by the Sustainable Energy Association of Singapore for allowing us to record these comments. Signing out for now, I'm Rachel Kelly and you've been listening to Eco Money on Money FM 89.3.